what I wish and what I hope to create is that menopause, growing older, getting the thicker middle, that all of it meant something that could be exciting. Well, well, if you think of it like adolescence, you you know, the acne, the the smelly bodies, the all the awkwardness, you you get through it because of what's ahead. That there, there's driving, there's dating, there's careers, there's college, there's all these adventures ahead of you. And what we don't have at midlife is this idea that there's anything fun. It's only like nursing home. Decline. You know, That's you know, the that there's nothing, it's an abyss of darkness. And what we want to say is, no, look, you know, I'm I feel like this is the most creative point in my life ever. And, and I'm enjoying that. And we want to say, look, there's good stuff in this time. It's not just like, dun, dun, you know. Hello, you are listening to the Late Bloomer Living podcast. And I am Yvonne Marchese, your host. And today we're having a party. Yeah, you don't want to hear me sing. So anyway, today I have not one, but two guests. I'm talking to Cecilia Dentino and Hannah Murray Starabin, who are co-hosts of the Twisting the Plot podcast, where they speak with women who have twisted their plots and discovered that life after 50 can be filled with imagination, inspiration, laughter, and endless possibilities. They are lifelong friends on a mission to rethink what's possible for women as we age. So of course... I'm excited for you to hear what they're up to. I can't wait for you to meet them and hear all about their plot twists. Oh, but before we do, I want you to know that I have a gift for you. It's December after all. Um, It can be easy at this time of year to lose ourselves in holiday prep and planning. So I created a free guide for you designed to help you start taking the steps towards your next act. It's a workbook called Five Steps to Your Midlife Reboot. You can sign up to receive it as an email series. Um, It has some ideas and practical exercises that you can use over the course of several weeks to get past feeling stuck. Uh, You can do these at your own pace as they'll just be waiting for you in your inbox when you're ready for the next step. And that being said, I mean, really, why wait until the new year to start? This month, I challenge you to embrace the idea that you can change your life any day of the year. You do not need the ball drop at midnight to live your best life. You can find a link to the sign-up sheet in the show notes for this episode, which is episode 27, or you can find it on my Instagram feed as a link in the bio, and you can find me on Instagram by looking up Late Bloomer Living. Okay, enough of that. Here's Cecilia and Hannah. Let's go. Hi, Hannah. Hi, Cecilia. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having us. Oh my gosh. Thank you. I'm so, so excited. First of all, as I just told you guys, I'm excited to have, to be talking to two people. This is totally different for me. You guys are, so. this is all have for you guys, right? Group therapy. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. Um, So I found you guys because uh, Rachel Lancaster had mentioned you, I believe it was in a blog about you know, her favorite podcasts. And, um, and then she was on your podcast, right? Yes. Twice actually. Yeah. yeah, And I listened to at least one of those and then was like, oh my gosh, they are so on the same track I'm on. And this is 
so perfect. I need to get in touch. Um, so there you go. That's how I found you guys. And we're so, so glad you did. It's so much fun to find each other, right? Our, it is. Our, our like-minded, you know, um, movement, movement oriented, uh, let's make aging great. Exactly. Company. Exactly. Yeah. You know, when I start, when I decided, when I had the idea for the podcast, I didn't know anything like this existed. And, um, and then when I started really, really thinking about doing it, I did a lot of research to look and see what was out there. And for some reason, maybe I'm just better at research now, but I didn't find you guys or find, you know, now I'm finding that there's actually quite a few podcasts out there that are on the same road we're on. And I'm actually feeling super energized by that, that this is a conversation that's happening. Um, where are we going from midlife forward? It's, you know, it's nice to know I'm not alone on this road. Right. It has changed dramatically in the last five years. When Cecilia and I started, there really was very little out there. You found somebody and you were like, oh, it's like a, like a buoy way out in the ocean. You know, it's somebody it was, else, right. you know. We used to mention the idea to people and they would just stare at us like, are you crazy? Who wants to talk about aging and menopause and, right? I got you that know? look. I definitely yeah. got yeah. that look. Yeah. But yeah. now it's really, it's almost, I could, it's almost becoming like, the thing <laughs> maybe i'm taking it too far but so many people are speaking and there are and, and there is a network and it's really it's it's just it's fun it's fun to feel the web grow it right? is and the further i dig into this whole topic and this whole journey the the more excited i get about it and um the fact that people are actually paying attention to it now mm-hmm. um i feel is is really hopeful for where we go as a, as a society, really, because we're all going to be around for a lot longer. You know, we yeah. may as well look at what we're going to do from here on. And we're a huge part of the population, right? You know, for us to not know what to do with that, to us to just think we're going to wait around, what a burden. I mean, I think we're, we're here to say we've got something to offer and we want to be part of what's going on. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I haven't even mentioned the title of your podcast yet, which is Twisting the Plot. Mm-hmm. And um, by the way, totally want to steal that title. I was just telling my <laughs> husband this morning, I'm like, I wish I, I wish I had come up with that. That's an awesome title. It's perfect. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Thank well, so, so Hannah, you're, you're on my left side here. So in my yeah. Western brain, I'm going left to right. Um, uh, I'm, I'm wondering, tell, tell us a little bit about your background uh, pre midlife. And uh, I know that you guys have been friends for forever, but before you started your podcast and kind of started down this road, give us a little bit of background about um, how you got here. Sure. Um, Well, yes, Cecilia and I went to college together, undergraduate school. We were both theater majors at the University of New Hampshire, so we have known each other forever. And we've grown up and lived our lives together, which is terrific. And um, I originally came to New York and worked in the theater for 10 years. Um, I worked um, offstage, um, backstage, both off-Broadway and on-Broadway. You know, wanted to direct, but in those days, female directors just didn't exist, and um, Mm -hmm. you just couldn't get your foot in the door. Um, And so when my kids were born, I was a stay-at-home mom for almost 10 years, which just amazes me to think about it. Um, And then I hit a point where I was starting to get itchy. My kids had gone to school, and I went back to school and got my social work degree, and... um, 
because I, you know, I always tell people I took a photography class and I became a social worker. It just opened the door for me and let me see that I could do something besides theater. And, really? So and photography so, took you down yeah. the same with me. Oh my goodness. Exactly. Oh my goodness. Yeah. It was like a door opening. Yeah. And I, and I, and I thought I, okay, that isn't quite it, but this will be it. And, and I ended up working for um, Cornell doing in their psychiatric hospital, specializing in psychotic disorders. And then wow. 10 years into that, I said, I'm itchy. I need to do something else. And, um, Cecilia was a great help to me and I went into private practice and it was in the process of our my private practice that we would kind of talk to each other and we kind of went you know is this it is this just now is this you know are we done are there no new turns no new twists no new adventures ahead because that's sort of the message you get when you hit 50 yeah. it's kind of like okay start thinking about winding down right and I, <laughs> I wasn't ready so yeah. thank god yeah. So that's how we got started with this. So did you instantly think podcast or what, uh, what was the germ of this? You know, interesting. The germ of it was really us trying to figure out, first of all, what we had to say and what we wanted to say. And originally, as, as Cecilia always says, we did a lot of complaining. We complained about you know, invisibility, we complained about the lack of information about menopause. We complained about a lot of things. And then we realized that really wasn't going to do us very good. <laughs> it was, you know, can only complain so much. And then we realized that it was this lack of, of guidance, this lack of maps or vision as to what it could be, that, it, that that then gave us the opportunity to say, wait a minute, we can, we then we have to create it. And it's kind of up to us. And then it's, you know, blank slate. So let's go for it. And that I think really changed our perspective in a big way and gave us an opportunity to start seeing that, well, if we're going to do that, then there's lots of things we can do. And the podcast was pretty early on in, in our idea. I think we both, it speaks to our um, educating brains. It speaks to our theater brains. It speaks to um, mm -hmm. our therapy brain. And it sort of just se seemed like a good fit for us. Wow. Very cool. Well, Cecilia, let me, let me go back you up a little bit, backing up the truck. Do, 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 do. Um, so tell us a little bit about your, your, your before. My before, before uh, pre, um, let's see. So I grew up in New Hampshire. I went to uh, University of New Hampshire uh, where I met Hannah. The first two years of my um, uh attendance at UNH, I was a psychology major. And then I just, but I had always as a child done theater, like my poor siblings, I directed them constantly in plays and <laughs> performed constantly. And I just couldn't stand it anymore. So I decided I was going to audition for the musical theater class at UNH and um, turned out I didn't know Hannah, but we even lived in the same dorm and she had heard me rehearsing in my room. <laughs> So, so we funny. met, we actually met at the audition, right? Yeah, Hannah officially. Exactly. So, and that, so that, so that was just the most wonderful thing, um, meeting wow. Hannah and doing the um, musical theater. We still have lifetime friends from that program. And then I, um, after doing uh, summer theater, then I moved to New York. Um, I, uh, my, my path in New York was, um, what did I do? Uh, I started out 
temping jobs. I mean, I worked in like, I was the, uh, I had to page the different um, janitors in this Morgan Stanley building and tell them they needed to go clean up a, a, a mess on uh, floor six. I mean, I had so many different temp jobs. And then I waitressed. I also, also worked at Actors' Equity. But what I was really doing was taking acting classes. Like I mm -hmm. got so into like, I was a musical theater major at UNH and then I, but I took like hardcore improv and acting character acting classes in the city. And at one point I was doing three days a week, four hours a day acting class. Like literally my life was preparing for acting class, doing acting class. I just recently realized how such a big part of my life was all about playing, always playing, yeah. always imagining, always playing. And so then the therapy, the, the acting classes um, sort of were my therapy, you know, the way I started to think about it. In fact, I started to go to therapy and the therapist would always say, so what did you do in acting class today? You know, and I would say, I role played my mother. And, you know, I just like, it, it, we were just constantly doing these things. We started to do plays in people's living rooms back in, you know, in the eighties and stuff. We were, you know, my acting class was my life. And then I started to teach an acting class um, at a program, an upper bound program. And um, again, it was so clear to me that it was therapy. So I thought that I actually came up with, I thought I created something, which was the combination of theater and therapy, right? Uh -huh. So I thought, oh, let me get my degree as an educational theater person, and then I'll do this kind of therapy work. Um, and I called NYU, and I got um, the head of the ed theater department on the phone, and I was telling him about the work that I was doing and how I was doing these improv groups with adolescents. And he said to me, well, you are a drama therapist. And I had never heard of that before, right? I'm like, wow. yes, I am. That's what he goes, well, there's actually a drama therapy program here. And Robert Landy, the director of the program is sitting right next to me. Can I put you on the phone with oh him? Oh my gosh. It was like, you know? Wow. And I went in and met him like the, the next day, I think. And he said, okay, let's start in the fall. And this was November. And I'm like, no. He said, all right, January, come in in January. So <laughs> it was, and that was it. Like my, I, so I studied drama therapy. I got my degree in drama therapy. I had many mentors in drama therapy and I was working at the uh, VA hospital in New Haven um, with Vietnam veterans doing plays wow. with them and um, improv drama therapy. And my mentor there, David Johnson, suggested that I might wanna um, continue my degree and get a doctorate in psychology. So I did do that. And then, um, so now I'm a psychologist, but my identity as a drama therapist is always there. And so um, at some point, you know, so in drama therapy, we think all the time about the role that we're in, what's my role now. And at some point I remember Hannah and I, we shared an office, but I was using another office. We we're doing our private practices. And I just felt this, I can't explain. It was a feeling of like, who am I next? Like, who am I now? You know, like. I told her at <laughs> this joke, I told her that I was walking by and I looked in the reflection in a window and I didn't see me. I saw like a, I could only describe her as some kind of dumpling, Un but, but it, it <laughs> I mean, I had gained weight, but it was also more of this just lack of definition, you know? So I felt like Hannah and I were sort of like, it's like sculptors. We we're trying to say, well, what is this? You know? Yeah. What, what, what who am I now? What do, what do I, what matters to me? Who am I? And we started 
our first thing, Hannah, was we started to just gather women, remember yeah. friends at first and just say, what is it like? We had questions we would ask, right? Like uh, I remember the one we did in New Hampshire, you know, what is it like to be 50? How do you feel about your body? And we found that women really um, wanted to talk about these things, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Sort of, and it had been almost taboo before or something. There was almost like, a, I think it's slightly taboo to talk about these things like shameful, shameful yeah. to not love yourself in the same way that you used to, or to be confused about who you were or to feel um, uncomfortable in your body, you know? So mm -hmm. that was sort of our, our beginning. And, um, but as Hannah said, we start to think more and more about the creative piece of it you know, right? Like there, this is a chance to create. So if I'm a dumpling, like let, let, if I, that's a big piece of bulky clay, like what do I want to create? Right. And I think Hannah was like five years ago, I wrote that little piece, like instead of aging, be a work of art. And it caught on, like so many people were asking me if they could publish it and stuff. And so there was something there for us around this sort of putting together our theater, our psychology, our love of story, our sense of play and, and twisting the plot. Yeah. yeah. And your friendship. Mm -hmm. And our friendship. Yeah. 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 We didn't think that that mattered, but like we, the first time we did a, we did a huge, we had a huge crowd. We did a lecture on, I don't remember. I think we, I think we loaded every one of our lectures into one exactly. in that one. Like it was like, and then there's purpose and then there's this. And then we right. did the lecture. The women loved it but they were lined up after like to talk to us, like, like celebrities. <laughs> and, and they kept wanting to know about our friendship. They right, kept Hannah? raising their hand during the question and answer period. Like, how long have you known each other? You like, let's get back to the lesson on mindset. But wait a minute, have you been friends for a long time? You know, <laughs> I love it. Well, I have to tell you, when I first thought about having you guys on the show, I thought about doing it separately. But then as I listened to the show, I was like, no way. This is like a package <laughs> deal. This has got to be, yeah. you know, it had yeah. to be the two of you at the same time, you know. Thank you. You have like a magic together for sure. Yeah, we definitely have a, 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 a how do I say it? Like a, we finish each other's sentences. We have a similar sense of humor. We get, we get each other. And I think that that is sense a of wonderful gift. The biggest part, yeah. I think, but you know. Yeah. I, but so anyway, that's a long-winded the drama therapy, but just thinking, I've been thinking more and more about how we create the characters that we live into, right? And yeah. you know, you're you also have history as an actress, right? That's yeah, yeah, we have so much like, in common. It's yeah. crazy. Um, yeah, yeah. How did you guys feel about? So, so you started gathering women together and you, you had conversations with them about how their bodies and then the podcast idea came up and suddenly you're in the middle of, of, of doing this thing. How did that, how did that feel for you guys? Were, were, were you scared? Was there any conflict about it? Or was it just like, because you had each other, did you feel like, yeah, let's go. We got this, you know, can you kind of go back in your minds to challenges that might have been there or <laughs> I'll speak from my terrified, terrified, um, to my surprise, just really, really nervous. I, I, we, the first time, first few times we did it, there were written questions, which I fumfered on because I was so nervous. It was awful. <laughs> we, um, 
we learned one of the very first things we learned was we talked for like two hours and then tried to edit it. That was a big mistake <laughs> because we like it to be conversational and uh -huh. we tend not to um, have like a, a, a direct question sort of period. And so to try to go back and edit a conversation doesn't work. So we learned some lessons there. Yes. And I think it's just learning how to, to give each other space and how to kind of hear each other and, and, and make room for us to just be us, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I didn't, yeah, you know, the opposite of conflict that I felt with Hannah, I felt like if I was insecure, she would support or laugh with me about it. And same with her, like I felt like it worked for us having each other right. on board. And it almost seemed like we took turns being like, the crazy one, <laughs> right? Like my like, husband you know, and I do that most yeah. of the time, most of the time, very fortunately, it's one or the other of us. And then the other one kind yeah, of, it was like, picks if it up I and goes. sucked, Hannah would be like, no, we got this right. If she sucked, I'd be like, I think we, I don't think so. I think we've got something here, you know? So we sort of took turns with that. And I guess, you know, it's funny, Hannah, remember, cause we used to think everyone was bad. Remember? Like right. we can't air that. <laughs> and then, and then, and then we just did, we just did, right. we would just put it up and then we would think that it wasn't as bad as we thought it was. But now I don't even, we don't even feel that as much. We're more, you know, we're thinking about wh what direction we want to take the podcast, how we want to deepen it or that, but mm -hmm. we don't have that feeling anymore of like, you know, we can't do this. So that's pretty no. cool. Right. I, I, totally agree. And I think the funny thing, well, for me, the heart part of the anxiety was I'm the recording engineer, which, you know, I have no experience at. And so something would go wrong and I'd practically have a seizure. I'm so right. upset. So and Tila try to hold the fort while I'm over there going like, what am I doing? You know, uh, a lot of yes, it's so happy. funny because like mute, you know. before we got started recording, we were talking about the rain and we can hear the rain. So we were probably, so those of you listening, you might be hearing rain right now. Right now I can hear my kids in the kitchen getting yeah. cereal, clink, clink, clink. I'm like, twitch, exactly. twitch. <laughs> I think one of the things that I have loved is that everyone that we've interviewed has had something really insightful and wise and beautiful to say, and that we have, you know, that everyone's story is important and valuable, and that's yes. been fun to hear, you know, um, and there are people who've never been on a podcast, who are not in the public eye, who are just living their lives, and they have such wisdom, and I've, oh. I've found that beautiful. I do too. I do too. I really think that everybody has a story. Everybody mm -hmm. has a story worth hearing. Exactly. I should say. I mean, it is truly like there's a lot of, uh, yeah, I'll get all gushy if I keep going down that road. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. And people also, Hannah, that we've interviewed have, you know, been in touch with us later saying, mm -hmm. hey, since that podcast, I realized mm. this, or this person connected with me, or I'm doing this now. Like the podcast have actually been catalysts mm -hmm. for people to make plot twists. That, How nice that to hear that back from people. That's really fun to hear. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Um, going back a little bit, I love that you mentioned that um, you were doing a lot of complaining, um, <laughs> which was a, actually a key part of my journey also was um, I, uh, several years ago uh, for Lent, gave up gave up complaining, tried 
to give up complaining for Lent (laughs) for 40 days. And I will tell you that nothing will tune you into your own complaining faster than trying to give it up. And I was like, oh my gosh, even if I don't say it out loud, I'm complaining in my head. Like every second, everything I do is a complaint. Oh my gosh, what is wrong with me? (laughs) And then I'm complaining about my complaining. Oh my God. But anyway, going back, what were your complaints? Like what what was it that was that you were feeling that was that drove you to wanting to talk about was it menopause was it the hot flashes was it like just a general sense of invisibility that comes with middle age for women or i don't know i'm putting words in your mouth but i'll take it from you one of you i think the thing that we mainly i feel like maybe the process of change is like first is shame and you're quiet then you get to make fun of yourself then you complain, you know, and that complaining is like saying, this is bad. It's probably an important stage along the way. And then you realize that you're the one that can make the change, right? That's mm-hmm. ultimately, but I, I, we were complaining mostly about the lack of visibility, the lack of role models. But again, this has changed so much since six years ago. It's, it's like almost yeah. feels silly that the, the youth oriented culture, that the focus literally and, and so now we're in our 60s and we're, this was over 10 years ago. The focus really was the way to age was not to age. The best way right. to age was anti-aging and, and, and that there was somehow some shame in letting yourself be seen as someone who is aging, right? Mm-hmm. And so we complained about that. We complained mostly about the fact that in the psychology developmental textbooks, there's like very little acknowledgement of this stage of life, you know, right? It goes from infancy, lot, we learn a lot about infancy when you're, <laughs> but, but nobody does psychotherapy with infants. So it's a little interesting, but you learn a lot about infancy, childhood, adolescence, young adulthood, especially as parenthood, like, you know, parent parenting, mm-hmm. and then skip ahead to you're dying in the nursing home, you know? Yeah. Right. So <laughs> right. there's a chunk of about 54, <laughs> yeah. Alzheimer's and, right. you know, um, there's this chunk of 40 to 50 years. that's sort of like, and for a long time, what we complained about is that it was somehow supposed to be this, I don't know, it was supposed to be this, like, now you're fully formed, just live your life. But like, mm-hmm. it's not like that because the other thing we complain is people are dying in our lives people were getting sick. Um, you know, we complained about the fact that, you know, women tend to be caretaking and I, 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 am I leaving any of our complaints out? (laughs) No, I think it's physical health and professional being phased out of jobs, being seen Mm -hmm. as, as not necessary anymore. It's this loss of community, this loss of identity, um, Mm -hmm. that I think is really challenging. I was really upset about my body changes too. I really was. Um, Hannah wasn't as much as I, she didn't complain about this as much as me, but I really realized how much of my life I sort of like hung on to this idea that I was cute or cute enough or sexy or something, whatever it was. Like now I moved from it now, but I really mm-hmm. had a hard time letting go of it. I really did. And I remember, I think it was my 50th birthday. I wish I should find the card because I'm going to get it wrong. My husband actually gave me a card and it said something like, it was something about like, essentially like, don't worry. I don't expect like a hot body anymore or something like that. I mean, no, it really was. I can't remember how it went. It was, he thought it was the funniest thing. He thought it was, he really thought he was tapping into my 
my humor, you know? <laughs> and he said, it was just a joke. It was just a joke. But I was like, I can't believe I've come to this, that this is, you know, right. Like, right. I remember writing about it, like being, you know, now I, honestly, now I really have moved from that. Now it is funny to me, actually. It is funny yeah. to me. At the time it was like. Well, too soon. <laughs> well, and also that like, I don't know, like, yeah, like, I don't know, like that, that somehow, what does that mean? You know, what, that was the thing I was upset about. What does it mean then? Then who am I? Right. It's embarrassing now to me to think about how much of who I was, was sort of wrapped around this idea of like, you know, men who found me, I still feel it a little bit, even though it's ridiculous. I I still feel it. Absolutely. And I feel the shame around it and the whole thing. Absolutely. In fact, I I don't know how many years ago it was, I started saying the old gray mare ain't what she used to be. (laughs) Yeah. But if you've got a birthday card that said that, no, I'm just kidding. (laughs) See, that's what I was already making the jokes. I know that my husband, my husband's a dear man. I know that he thought he was remember it was something really bad like a goofy butt or something i mean it was really bad <laughs> i've blocked it out ptsd <laughs> this was a thing that women were complaining to us about and they still do we still hear it from right. women like what do you do about i just did a lecture on um middle age and a woman said at at columbia and she raised her hand she said how does one deal with the fact that they're no longer desired yeah and that's what she said yeah right yeah, well, we all want to be desired. Absolutely. I, think, I don't, I don't, I wonder if that goes away. Does it? I don't know. I, I hope you feel I hope a little not, different. I, yeah, I don't know. I hope so. You know what I, not, I don't know what I think. I know. You know what my answer was? Because this is what I'm thinking. Like, I think that the beauty of it is that you switch to uh, so much, like thinking about switching my focus from who desires me to what do I desire. Mm. Yes. That feels so much better so right much now. better right oh my gosh yeah. yeah that's that's as i as i'm on this journey and i'm doing more research and i, w- I wish i had it to hand i was just thinking this morning about um i think it was obama i saw some video some speech that he gave and he was talking about if you if you just find your purpose if you find if you mm-hmm. find a reason to do the do that is going to be the thing that carries you through. And, and more and more, that's where I'm, I'm trying to go. That's the plot twist, right? And, you know, almost from the physicality perspective, because I've had all these medical issues with my um, arthritis. And, and so for me, it was exactly that get out of the head, which is constantly saying, I can't, I shouldn't, ow, what's happening? Oh, am I going to have to, to sort Mm -hmm. of like being, okay, that's part of my story, but that isn't who I am. Mm -hmm. So how do I move forward with that? How do I make peace with the fact that my body has some issues with it and, I'm going to let it be what it is and do the best I can with what I've got and move forward, have purpose, have a reason to get out of bed instead of, you know, what I was thinking of as sort of the complacency of I can sit back and say, well, I can't do it because it hurts. You know, mm-hmm. I can't do that because it's hard for me. Yeah. You know? When did, I'm so glad you brought that up because I didn't know that this was a, a physical issue for you. When did, when did you, when did the arthritis start to really? <laughs> yeah. take- if I admit it, um, yeah. probably about 20 years ago. Um, When I I had a um, hip replacement um, almost three years ago and a knee replacement Um, two years ago, I have another knee, possibly another hip and maybe some back surgery in my future. And um, so coming to terms with that as the reality, you know, this is 
this is the card I'm dealt, but mm-hmm. do I let that make me sedentary? I hope not. And I don't want that. Mm-hmm. So it's all of us trying to sort of say, wait a minute, I got a lot to offer, whether I can do it as physically aggressively as I'd like. That's okay. You know? Right. You modify, right? Exactly. And, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I, and do I complain and whine about it? Oh, absolutely. If you live with me. Yeah. I'll (laughs) own it. You know, I try not to, but do I have days when I'm like, this completely sucks? Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. So what do you, do you guys feel like, um, doing, being on this little, this journey together, starting your podcast and all that, what have you learned about yourselves? Do you want to go? You want? Um, do you want? Uh, well, I think that's a good question. It's a really good question because, you know, one of the things about being a therapist and having a full practice and then doing this twisting the plot and having our groups of women is, is that I every now and then have to step back and and I see you know and say, okay, who are you now? How are you? How are you changing? What are you? You know, what what are you learning about you? It, it's not natural for me to do that. I'm naturally always outwardly focused, but I have been trying to uh, listen to myself more. And um, the thing that I've learned, and maybe it's connected to this body thing. And I was even thinking it, Hannah, when you were talking, I was thinking, yeah, your body's been having so much struggle, but there's something about your spirit and your person that's just been blooming, you know, right? So it's like, it's like that. It's like, that's what I'm learning. I'm trying to learn that I can evolve. I can keep evolving, like beyond the complaints. Right. And so I think what I'm learning about myself is that I really crave to go deeper, deeper, deeper into understand. It's even hard to explain what it is deeper. These words never capture it. Right. But, um, the other day, my meditation teacher had me to imagine that it was, I was living up in the universe and it was 5 billion years since I had been alive and to ask myself what really matters. Oh, <laughs> you know, 5 billion talk about years. Big picture. Like, yeah. I, it was like so freeing. So I guess expand more than in deep. Like I just, I just feel like there's maybe something to this idea that you can get wise as we age. And I want I really, I used to talk about it. Now I really want to experience it, you know? Yeah. When you said the word expand, something happened with your voice. And I, so is it like, do you feel like there's like this expanded version of yourself? Expanding beyond the ego. Yeah. Yeah. Beyond this body. So that's what I was thinking when Hannah was talking, like this body is suffering and something else is growing, you know, expand beyond, you know, even how I've known myself, you know, so far to be, you know, these sort of like, I guess they're all ego roles, right? Like this is who I am. This is how I feel. Like just blowing it up and letting something else come, you know? Right. Yeah. Just, but it's scary, you know, and we've had women in our workshops say how thinking that way is scary because they're afraid. What if the way I change upsets people who rely on Mm -hmm. me? Yes. What if, what if, what if I really do want to go into the woods and not make another penny? Like all the people that depend on me, you know, right? So we're a little scared of what could come. But, right. Um, yeah, that is scary. 
That is scary. You know, we think sometimes, you know, I'd love to make a ton of money, but sometimes I'm I'm quite literally afraid of making a lot of money and having that kind of success because who knows what happens to your relationships in that situation. So yeah, it's, it's, it's funny. And, and, and all that stuff, like besides making money, but like just thinking about, well, if I indulge going down that path, what would that mean for, mm-hmm. for my family, for my friends, for, yeah, it can right. be scary. And this right? is how women are. I mean, maybe men too, but the women that we meet, I think all of us were so conditioned. That's what I mean. Looking at ourselves is not, we're so conditioned to um, not think that way. We're so conditioned to think about how the roles that we're playing that are serving others, then maybe who we would really want, what we would really want to do. And maybe they're one in the same. I don't know. Yeah. And in the end, I think we need to trust ourselves too, that um, we're not just going to throw out the baby with the bathwater. Right. Well, that's one thing Hannah and I have both learned. And we recently did try to talk in one of our uh, group sessions about it is that we really see how women struggle to trust themselves. Yeah. And it's interesting, this idea that, that if I go on this path and I'm making lots of money, then I'm, I'm, there's a loss of control. You always can stop. You can always control that <laughs> ride. You know what I mean? It doesn't. Mm-hmm. And so I think we as women get ourselves in this idea that we take on a role and then we're in it and there's no variation. Like I'm right. a parent. So now I'm a parent for the next 20 years. And that's all I am. I'm going to be successful. I'm going to be this. No, you have tr- chance to say, oh, this isn't working for me, or I want to do this with my success, or I want to, you know, we have more control than I think we give ourselves credit for. Yeah. And change the way you do it. Maybe like you get down, like, right. Every, every, what do they say? Every business plan out there is, looks nothing like the business that actually ends up coming out of it, you know, Yeah. you, you, you you know, but the trick is to kind of move forward. Right. And, and absolutely. We've also um, done a lot of business courses and, and Hannah and I, it's just so clear. The other thing we've learned about ourselves is that we really have to stay with our values, mm-hmm. which are, you know, it's like our new motto is we can't go for the money. We have to go for the women, you know, right. Yeah. And yeah. It's sort of clicking better with this idea, yeah. right, Hannah? Yeah, yeah. I don't think for us, it just doesn't feel comfortable. It doesn't feel um, true to our values or organic to who we are to just do the hustle for money. And so we've decided, right. well, then that, that we won't do that. That doesn't So the business sit with plan us. is about what kind of women do we want to meet this year? Exactly. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Love it. Love it that yeah. it's values driven. It's, it's not about this end game. It's a, it really is focusing on how, how do you, how are you getting there? Well, that's, that's one thing I feel at this point in my life, it's got to sit with my values. It's got to sit with the voice that I'm, that I want to share with people. It has to be, um, I, I don't know, maybe it's because we're not, you know, um, as Chip Conley would say, we're out of the inquir- um, acquiring stage right. and we're into something that's more um, involved in just in sort of culling down to what's really important. And so it has to sit with that. Yeah. I, I'm not, I don't feel the need to prove myself the way I probably did when I was younger. Um, and so it's kind of sweet spot in a, in a way that I feel like, you know, okay, you know, I don't have anything to lose in that sense, you know. That article in the New York Times uh, yesterday that talked about entrepreneurship and mm-hmm. older um, people 
right? And the, one of the statistics that was so shocking is 80-year-olds, one in two have their own business. One out of two 80-year-olds are running their own business. That is amazing. <laughs> yes, I loved that. Isn't yeah. that like, it's that like gets one me out of so five excited. Over 50 or over 60, I think yeah. it was. Yeah. Wow. And it's really, this is really, this is a plot twist, right? So it's the plot twist of retirement. It's a plot twist of a complacency that Hannah was talking about of invisibility. It's like, and it's not about, I think for some, maybe it's about money. And of course we all need to make money. This is the system that we, you know, mm -hmm. created for ourselves too bad. We could tweak it a little, I think, <laughs> but, um, but like, but it's really about, and it, it, but it's more than just, I mean, and there's nothing wrong with, you know, playing games or having fun either, if that's your choice, but it seems more and more people are really wanting some sort of value um, based life, right. And purpose, which we know the statistics, the research around purpose is just, it's, it's linked to cardiovascular, mm -hmm. cognitive, um, autoimmune, um, mortality, right. Like mm -hmm. people who have purpose live longer, are happier. Now Interesting. I it's say the that, same as altruism, same physiology yeah, altruism, altruism and purpose. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, and you know, it makes me think about so really going maybe far afield here, um, thinking about how millennials have gotten such a bad rap from, from baby boomers, Gen Xers maybe. Uh, but really, I, for my point of view and looking at millennials as a group, if you're going to look at it, you know, is, is this tendency towards wanting their work to have purpose mm -hmm. and not so much that they don't want to work. They just right, want right. work that has purpose and they recognize that right. at a younger age than maybe we did. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, we are not, Hannah and I love millennials and, um, the, you know, right. The younger, I mean, I feel like that's like, we're, you know, I, you know, I feel like I could credit the millennials that I have in my practice and that I know to sort of some of the ideas that I have about aging, you know, so I know it's so weird how we do that, right? How we like, you know. Well, instead of embracing the intergenerational idea of, of growth and development, we've gone to this sort of labeling, you're part of this lump and everybody's part, you know, we're baby boomers and we're, you know, and, and instead of realizing that there's value in the, the interactions. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, that's exciting. Right. Yeah. I mean, what, you know, like, I, I don't know, it's been going on for centuries, probably 5 billion years. I'll see. They're, they're still saying kids today. Kids oh, today. Yeah. What's the matter with kids today? Amazing, right? Instead of saying, ooh, kids today, because, you know, it's always new. That's right, it. Right. Right. Please. Oh, my God. I don't know. I just never want to go move myself to an over 50 gated world where there's no kids today. No, right. I mean, come on. Yeah. Yeah. I love being surrounded by that energy, you know, exactly. uh, it's so great. What do you guys, so here's a question. What do you guys, um, what do you wish you had known when you headed down this path? Is there anything that came as a surprise? It was like a gotcha. Yeah, I wish, and you know, I think about it all the time because I, I was very, very close to my two grandmothers. Um, and one grandmother said to me, um, I said, what was your best years in life? And she said to me, my 50s. 
And I remember thinking, oh, she's black. What is she talking about? I was young. Like, how could she say that? Ooh, who would like to be in the 50s, right? Right. Yes. But she had, she said that she felt like she finally, whatever, could speak back to her husband, my very uh, strong-willed grand, uh, you know, Italian grandfather. And um, Mm -hmm. she started to do her own thing. She ran the town drum corps and whatever, you know, she did her own thing. But, but I guess I didn't have that thought. Like I didn't have, so she even tried to make the runway for me saying it gets good, you know, but because she like looked like an old lady, I couldn't imagine that she was happy, you know? So, (laughs) but I wish for, for me, and this is what we're hoping to create, right, Hannah? And, And some young women are already telling us that they feel that, you know? the hopefulness. I wish I had had some vision, right? Yes. Like when I, cause I felt like when I closed my eyes to imagine what comes next, which I had always done my whole life, I'd been imagining who I was becoming. I couldn't see anyone that, that seemed yeah. to be of value. And I, and I, you guess- just skip over, like, it's like, it's like this, this, this mid age zone doesn't exist. Like I always call it, you know, how, you know, how like kids, they go from like this, this super cute, the chubby, the whole thing. And then they get to those awkward years. Mm-hmm. Right. And then mm-hmm. they move through the awkward years and on to like the young adulthood mm-hmm. and they've grown into themselves. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the middle age is like another yeah. series of awkward years, right. like where, like you said, you know, you felt like a dumpling, uh, like yeah. whatever it is, all yeah. of a sudden, like, what is this big body that I'm in. And and I always thought, you know, you go from being this, this youngish, as beautiful as you're ever going to be young adult. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And then, and then you get into that middle age where it's like hinky and awful. And then, and then everybody turns into this little cute old person. Right. Right. You know, when I was in Italy with my husband years ago, this is also awful. Poor Joey's going to sound bad on this, but we, we, I'm to blame too. When we were in Italy, we noticed there were young, beautiful, voluptuous women. And then there were the mamas, you know, <laughs> sweeping the streets, the, you know, right. Like with the aprons and the, you know, really they, the, in Italy, the women do everything, you know, they're running the store uh, the men are playing cards or whatever it was like, but I'm like, well, there's beautiful women. And then there's the mamas. And we came up with this idea that you just pop one <laughs> night, <laughs> you go to bed, beautiful. And you, pop and you never know when it's your time to pop into a mama but that's what you're you're saying it's like this almost this like what happens and and why can't it be something so what I wish what I wish and what I hope to create is that menopause growing older getting the thicker middle that all of it meant something that could be exciting Yes. Well, well, if you think of it like adolescence, you, you know, the acne, the, the smelly bodies, the, all mm-hmm. the awkwardness, you, you get through it because of what's ahead, that right. there, there's driving, there's dating, there's careers, there's college, there's all these adventures ahead of you. Yeah. And what we don't have at midlife is this idea that there's anything fun. It's only like nursing home. Decline. You know, That's you know, that there's nothing, it's an abyss of darkness. And what we want to say is no, look, you know, I'm, I feel like this is the most creative point in my life ever. Yeah. And, and I'm enjoying that. And we want to say, look, there's good stuff in this time. Right. It's not just like, dun, dun, you know. <laughs> I, I, well, <laughs> when I was trying to come up with a title for, for my podcast and I was like, okay, all right, I like late bloom, and then I was like, oh, I could do like a little subtitle, like 
we're not dead yet. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. come yeah. on, people, we're not yeah. dead yet. Exactly. One of our one of our twelve and twelve group members um, was going to call her blog that. Remember, uh-huh. I'm right. not dead yet. She even made a T-shirt. But then when COVID, COVID hit, happened. she decided. That- <laughs> She decided that it was yeah. <laughs> Maybe not the way we want to go right now. Oh, it was dear. it was kind of like when COVID hit, and I always say this that people were like, you know, those people over sixty, they're at risk, and and I felt so bad for them, like it was so scary, and then I realized I was one of them. I was like, oh no, uh-huh. Uh-huh. I have no clue, you know. So speaking of some place to go and what what is what do you see this being next for you guys? Mm-hmm. Good, Good question. question. Yeah. Well, we're starting, we're taking the applications for our second 12 and 12 group. Oh, let's talk about that. Wonderful. Actually. We didn't even touch on what that is yet. Yeah. So tell me more about that. Best. I think it sort of sums up everything that we've been talking about. Yeah. We decided that we wanted to work with 12 women for 12 months. 12 is like a magical number, really. You know, actually, you know, I was looking at mathematicians call it the most sublime number and whatever. <laughs> so, um, but um, we wanted to have the women come up with a creative project. Now, creative, some people it's art, some people it's a job, some people, but to create something because we didn't want to just talk and it's about this values and creativity mm-hmm. and um, yeah. generativity, which is what we're talking about with the purpose, like mm-hmm. doing something, putting something altruism in the world. And so we've had that 12, we've had that experience with 12, 13, actually, we put an extra one in uh, women this year. And it's really been great. We already have um, 2021 filled, but we're going to try to, we're going to be open to doing two if we get a lot more. We so, can get enough oh, wow. people. so, um, it's, it's an extraordinary experience. How does it work? What do you know, do in the, what do you do within the year? Well, we meet twice a month, um, virtually, and we also see seal and I meet with them privately as well, um, on a like quarterly basis, but we get an opportunity. We take them through some steps and some homework that g- works parallel to their process and to their, their project. In other words, we want to work on process as well as project. And, and the idea is, is that this is a community of support. They work collaboratively to support each other, to create their individual projects. And we give them things to think about that will help transform them. So by the end of the year, they have a transformation of self as well as project that they're ready to put out into the world. Wow, that sounds phenomenal. We work Do... on their future self. Oh, we work uh-huh. on their shadow side. Oh, a lot of a lot of drama therapy. They have to do a presentation in July and in November. Um, so yeah. you know it's been really I think um, well it's just it's just been great. We love it. So we want to do that more. We want to continue with our podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Right. And you know, Hannah and I, maybe, maybe like you, we're, we're interested in having more of a mix where we just, we want to talk to all women. We want to, right. you know, diversify. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't want it to just be, you know, um, celebrity women or, mm-hmm. you know, we really mm-hmm. want people's stories. Um, and, you know, we have a, we have a book, we have a book with a literary agent out there yet, but we haven't, you know, got it. We haven't done that. And we have a couple, we have another course we're interested in doing. So yeah, we've always have a lot of irons in the fire of ideas. So we're never lost for ideas. Let's right. Put it that way. I love it. I love it. Do people generally come into the 12, um, 
say, say, say it again. The name is 12, 12, in 12, 12, 12 in 12, in 12 months mm-hmm. in the 12 and 12. Do they come in with an idea of what they want to do yeah. Yeah. Uh, or do they oh. develop that idea while they're in, or does, do they come in thinking they're going to do one thing and then they're like, no, 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 no. I, this all sounds three. better. All, <laughs> of, yeah. the above. all of the above. Nice. We have one in the group. That's like, she's like, oh, I started with my project and I finished with the same project, you know, but uh-huh. a lot of them, it changed. Well, because of 20, um, 2020 was a year that everybody had to sort oh, of yeah. scramble too. So, you know, um, but, I, but I think it's just an evolution of the people too, that as they've evolved, so does their project and where mm-hmm. their values and their priorities are. And they may have come in saying, I need, I need to do this and realize that that's left over from some other demand or expectation that they felt was important, but didn't really sit with them. And so they start to go, well, that isn't quite it. Let me figure the, out exactly what it is yeah. that I need to be doing. The thing yeah. we don't, and we really feel sorry is that we yeah. weren't, we didn't let anyone get off the hook from doing something though. And, you know, good for we, you we, we, and them. And that's going to be even more important. I think we were able, mm-hmm. we, we certainly, it's that combination of the skill we need as aging, right? We need to be able to pivot and be, you know, uh, improvisational, but we also need to, we can also, we don't, it doesn't have to turn into nothing, right? right. No productivity. So, you and know. these were people who were going through a lot. I mean, we had somebody who is a frontline worker in the pandemic. Mm-hmm. We have we had somebody um, who had COVID pretty had some, badly. Oh, right. Wow. We, we had, had people who, um, several terrible divorces. We've had grief. people with Mother's um, dying. medical conditions, mm-hmm. um, wow. caretaking, you know, because we want people to realize that it doesn't, we all, at least let me, I should speak for myself. I would think, oh, well, when this is over, I will. Mm-hmm. When I'm done caretaking, when I'm done with- When I'm done this, caretaking, right? Which, you know what I mean? Yeah, mm-hmm. you, you yeah. know that I think then there's time for me. Well, when all, Johanna, when all my joints are fixed, <laughs> then I'll do it. We can rebuild her. (laughs) I I always say, I want the the sound. Do you remember the bionic woman? (laughs) Then I slow motion run with it. But anyway, I said, I digress. But, but in other words, that, that it's done in the midst of all of this, because that's life. And that's life over 50 is our plots are twisting all the time, whether we plan it or not. And if we wait till it's all settled, we're going to miss it. Yeah, you know, people oh, would say, I love am that. I in a midlife crisis because I'm whatever, I don't feel well, I'm sick, people are dying, children are, I'm like, no, yeah, but it's not a crisis, it's what midlife is. <laughs> yes, I totally want to rename that, that whole midlife crisis, yeah. like, no, mm-hmm. let's, let's, let's call it something else, how about exactly. just life, and so half of it's going to be good, half of it's going to be bad, it's the same, it's, you know, That's and, right. yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, this has been amazing. I know you guys have things to get on to today. I could talk to you forever. This has been so fun. Thank you. It's been more like a party than, you know. <laughs> great fun for us too. Thank you so yeah, much. Yeah, thanks so much. Oh my goodness, absolutely. And before we go, when does the 12 in 12 start the next round for you guys? January. Um, January. It we starts actually, like January, you go January, it's the year, it's the calendar. January, yeah. January, yeah. yeah. Okay. We, may, we may play with that in the future, but that's what we're doing. I think, okay. that, I think it's nice too. I think it really works because, I don't know, December to me has always been the month of sort of like con- contemplation and celebration. You know, I, I just feel yeah. like the month, it sort of like unfolds perfectly, actually. So I agree. 
Um, yeah. So what I'll try to do is make sure I get this episode out for you guys prior to it, just in case somebody wants to jump in. Who knows? That would be great. How do people find you guys? They can go to our website, which is twistingtheplot.com and Mm -hmm. uh, um, twisting the plot podcast obviously is on Sirius, Apple um, podcasts. It's on trying to think where else having a blank wherever podcasts podcast exactly. <laughs> all the podcasting places yeah, yeah. yeah. we're on facebook we actually have a facebook group True. called plot twisters i love that and yeah. um we have instagram at twisting plot we're you know we're Terrific. trying to be like everywhere Terrific. And I will, um, I'll make sure to put that in the show notes for people who want to come and find you and check you out more as I'm sure they will. Oh, thank you. Thank Thank you you guys so so much. Well, there you have it. Aren't they fun? If you want to know more about Cecilia and Hannah um, twisting the plot and their 12 and 12 program, I'll have all that information for you in the show notes. Just go to latebloomerliving.com slash podcast and click on the show notes for this episode, which is episode 27. Thank you so much for listening and... Here's a reminder for you to sign up to get your free guide. Five Steps to Your Midlife Reboot is the name of that. Um, You can get it either by visiting the show notes, my Facebook page, or my Instagram feed at Late Bloomer Living. And that will also sign you up to receive a weekly email to let you know when the new show is out in the world. I hope you have a fantastic week. Stay safe and well. Talk soon.